This week, Eric sits down with Andrew Sines of the band Light Ghosts to discuss On My Own by The Used. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you want to help support the podcast and keep us going, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash coverstories. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you coming on. I understand this is your first podcast. It is. I've never been on a podcast, but I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I feel like I have to like live up to like I don't know previous podcasts. (laughs) No man, um, we just want you to be comfortable. Chill out. Yeah, got your water. I'm chill. I got my water, and uh, let's do this. This is much (laughs) less daunting than playing in front of like 200 people, which I'm sure you've done many times. A few times, yeah, a few different times. I don't know. Something's different about it being personal. Uh-huh. I feel like I get more nervous if I'm in front of like 20 people I know. Oh, yeah. Like a smaller show versus playing like some giant show. You can't really see the crowd. And oh, yeah. Just see them moving. But yeah. yeah. All right. Well, so you're going to do the song by The Used. What made you decide to do this song? Yeah. So I chose On My Own by The Used. Um, I don't know, man. Just I'm I'm a fan of The Used, but I'm not like a huge, huge fan of The Used. Uh-huh. And that's actually one of the first bands I ever saw. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I'm trying to place my finger on it. I've decided to go with the first show I ever went to was Warp Tour. Oh, <laughs> 2000, yeah? 2003. Okay. I think, what was yours? Like 2001, right? Oh, one was my first Warp Tour. Yeah. yeah. And so I went 2003. I was 13. And I only got to go because my brother got to go. <laughs> and I went with all those guys. I'm sure you know, like Greg, uh, Constantine, yeah. and Javier, and all of them. So... Uh, we went out there. I think the first band I actually saw was Yellow Card. Oh yeah, yeah. And they played early that year. I yeah, remember they were, they because I band. had an asthma attack and I felt oh, like a bitch that I got an asthma attack during Yellow Card. That's super funny because I got like super dehydrated and yeah, threw up. It was hot as fuck that day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I threw up during Yellow Card actually. So I guess you were freaking out somewhere and I was vomiting somewhere. <laughs> I wasn't freaking out. Yeah. I just needed my inhaler. Oh, no, I feel you. I feel you. But yeah, I actually remember it, like walking in and I thought it was cool. Like I had like some holes in my jeans. So yeah. I like, put like safety pins like, to like hold it together. And they were like, yeah, you can't come in here. That. So, <laughs> just post 9-11, yeah. man. I was just uh, <laughs> doing that. But yeah, no, I want to say Yellow Card was the first band I saw. And I remember they did a wall of death. <laughs> yeah, like that's hardcore, right? Like Yellow Card doing, doing a wall of death. And then I had an asthma <clears throat> attack. So I was like, all right, you guys got me. <laughs> it was fun. My brother and, and Javier like ended up like falling over. And oh, I, was, really? I was just freaked out. Like I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Like I just had never experienced anything like that. But going to it, the used ended up closing that show and it was wild. Like that dude, like yeah. Bert McCracken is psycho. <laughs> And it's it's pretty awesome. I love it. But I just remember their performance being really insane. And I didn't I didn't know them at the time. Oh and yeah. Greg Constantine was all about them. He was oh, yeah. like wearing a shirt that he used <laughs> and like he was like, Y'all gotta check out this band, it's awesome, it's awesome. And uh ended up watching him at the end of the night and they just went insane. He like uh he like climbed like one of those like PA like towers and like he was like up there and like jumped off from it. Yeah, and I was like freaked out. I was like, "That's rock and roll." So. I I remember that because Dropkick Murphys were gonna play after them. 
Oh, really? And I was waiting for Dropkick Murphys. And at that point in time, I was like, real, I thought I was too cool for like emo. Yeah. Even though I liked a lot of Dude, it. Dude, even back then, you were too cool. For <laughs> well, uh, specifically to use, and we'll get into this a little bit later because okay. uh, they're one of the bands mm-hmm. that just kind of fell through the cracks for me. I just never got into. Mm-hmm. But I remember being in this pit with like all these old, you know, crust punk dudes waiting for Dropkick Murphys. And oh, yeah. they were talking shit to the used crowd. And they were like, you know, fuck this band, fuck this band. So they're like chanting out Dropkick Murphys. And then Burt McCracken went and jumped off of that that huge speaker. And even the people in the Dropkick Murphys crowd were like, okay, that was kind of cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Um, I think I that that warp tour had such an impact on me. I wrote about it. When oh really? I, yeah when it was like one of those things i was like in the seventh grade they were like what did you do over the summer write a paper about what you did and like i remember like writing about warp tour and like i honestly if i i wish that i had that whatever it was that i wrote like i would keep that forever that's seventh to eighth grade uh no that was i guess six to seven oh, okay yeah that was that summer my first was seventh to eighth grade i think so it was around the same time i went to my first one just two years before that yeah. <laughs> it was cool there was a bunch of bands on that one i want to say we saw like matchbook romance and yeah. like um i remember seeing richard tobin in the pit for rancid oh really <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i don't know it's fun times yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a good time i feel like warp tour is definitely like a theme of this podcast we talk a lot about it because i think it definitely was a part of a lot of our formative years yeah i mean it definitely was like a gateway drug into that era of music yeah i'd, I'd agree like every summer looking forward to that and now it's now it's kind of gone. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the year mm-hmm. is it year oh three or oh four? I'm pretty sure it was 03. I was hanging out with Lauren Pruitt and she came up to me and was like, Oh, like this band was handing out their CDs, you know, as they used to do. Right. And it was Paramore. Like oh, snap. she yeah. like somebody from Paramore like gave she bought a CD from them, like out like they were just walking around and then next year they blew up. That's crazy. It's yeah. so crazy to think about like those bands that just kind of were doing that and they blew up. Yeah, I mean the the hustle is real. So yeah. To speak. <laughs> so like, yeah, I think like um like that band like Mayday Parade. They, yeah. Like, I mean a bunch of bands do it. They'll just follow the tour. Yeah. Play the parking lot like acoustic style. Just hand out their CDs, make some money, and you know when we did it, we did it. What was twenty fifteen? Oh yeah. I think. And we were playing early. We played at like noon. But we just like kind of promoted the line, and it was just I was like kind of freaked out that people after we played, they were like, "Oh yeah, you you handed us a CD or whatever," oh, yeah. and like we were just like, "We don't have any bands to watch. Let's go check out this band." And it was it was pretty awesome. That's kind of an advantage of playing yeah. early too. I mean, you know, yeah, no one like none of the big bands play early, so you have more opportunity to like get people who don't know who you are. Right. I mean, we we even went as far we at like a big bucket of chalk and like because it was on like the you know the asphalt of at&t center yeah so we just like wrote like huge letters like in all these spots like by the bathroom and like by this stage and that stage we just wrote like like goes earning ball stage like 1205 or whatever. Yeah. And like yeah people showed up it was pretty cool <laughs> yeah I, m- I remember i was there and uh yeah i had a pretty big crowd yeah um so you took some pictures i believe like G- gabby took pictures oh gabby took i was just along for to write about it yeah um but yeah man um so so the biggest reason you chose this song is just because it's important to you as far as your you know intro to that type of music yeah i mean they're one of the bands i guess that like got me into this whole mess so to speak (laughs) so 
yeah, I just, I liked it. And then, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, like that music, like screaming and why is he so angry and whatever. But like, this is not an acoustic song. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I think it's pretty deep. I honestly don't know what it means. And like, to be real with you, I'm not a lyrics person. Yeah. Like, at all. I'm the same I way. just listen to music. Like first thing I hear is like guitar, drums, and um, you know, the melody of the, the vocals. And if I like that enough and I'll like go back and like actually listen to lyrics, which is totally opposite for like people that love music for the most part, you know, everybody's I think it's like 50, oh, 50. Think yeah. So? Yeah. I don't know if it's just like a musician thing, but uh, yeah, that's kind of just the way that functions. So to be honest with you, I don't know what the song's about, but I <laughs> freaking love it. Well, um, I was researching on it and Quinn, the guitarist, Quinn, um, he right. wrote the song. Mm-hmm. And it's about, it's literally just about the summer after high school. And the quote is like hanging out with his best friend, drinking sodas. <laughs> sodas? Are we Utah. sure it was sodas? He said it was sodas. And I feel like if he was trying to be cool, he would say like beer. But I think that was just honest that he was saying sodas. Um, to just drink, like hanging out and listening to music. And like, it's like hanging out with your best friend after you're free from high school. Right. Um, <laughs> have you ever had a situation where like Damn. you get into a song and you don't really pay attention to the lyrics and you come back like months or years later and like, Oh, this song, that's what that's about. Yeah. I, I would, I would say that happens a lot, especially since I don't <laughs> typically listen to lyrics like first off. So do you have any examples? Ooh, I mean, well, this one, for example, <laughs> I, I had no idea. I'm like, you know, the cool thing about music is it's like, you know, relative, like you interpret it the way that you yeah. want. And I know like tons of musicians that, you know, you put your music out there and then somebody comes back and they're like, oh, this song means a lot. Like, you know, this this helped me through that and this. And then, like, the musician's like, I'm going to go with that. Yeah. I'm going to start saying that, that that's what this song is about. But, um, yeah, man. I, and you know what? Like, I, I kind of, I guess I kind of blame my dad, <laughs> like, for, <laughs> for that whole thing. Because, you know, cruising around uh, with him when I was a younger kid, uh, he he only listened to like the Hanum music oh, yeah. like going around and I was like, Oh, I like this song, but I have I no idea what they're saying. Cause <laughs> it's in Spanish. So, uh, I think that like, I just started listening to music that way. Yeah. And then realized like, Oh like, yeah, he's trying to say something rather than just this sounds cool. Like the, the way the music feels. Yeah. Um, I, I feel, I felt really dumb when the like Jesse Lacey allegations came out about, him being a creep right asking girls for for nudes that were underage and right. people were like well i mean look at the lyrics this guy's always been a creep and like i listened to the lyrics i'm just like yeah this is so obvious why was i singing along to this when i was 15 <laughs> yeah no i i know what you mean like what's that one's me versus maradona versus elvis like that yeah. song is fucking creepy as shit yeah or like uh what was it uh sick sick transit sick transit Gloria. Gloria. like i guess it's like Spinned around. Well, or somebody t- so I somebody told me that Jesse Lacey was a virgin until that album came out. Oh, and that Sick Transit Gloria is a metaphor for how they felt when they were being courted by record labels. <laughs> like the record label no was like telling them to do it a thing, and like they wanted that ultimately, but they were like felt like shy and nervous, so they felt like being like coaxed into having sex for the first time. I don't know if any of that is true, but that's what I went with as a as a teenager thinking that. So um, I guess we'd have to 
have someone fact check that one of these yeah, days. That, that's crazy. I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what, what's, I mean, you've talked a little bit about your, your relationship with the used, um, why this song instead of like taste of ink or one of their more popular songs? I I think kind of like I was saying, it's, it's just like a different, um, it's just a different vibe, I guess, because it's acoustic. Like there's not really, um, it's not as like hardcore, and I've I've just always loved that song. I don't know yeah. I don't know what it is about it, but it was one of the first I guess acoustic songs that I really liked. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. I I've always associated the use with Taste of Ink. Um, like I was saying earlier, they kind of fell through the cracks for me. I felt like I I remember reading like in the Warped Tour program about how Burt McCracken used to just puke, like he could puke at Dude. will. <laughs> And yeah. I don't know if he still does that, but okay. Well, I heard. Well, I don't know. There's, I guess, there's some different information out there. But when they released that album, uh, what was it? I guess it was. Yeah, it was self, the, the self-titled, self-titled. Yeah, right? like the, the O2. Yeah, um, there was like a DVD at one point that was like released, and like I was trying to watch some of it on YouTube the other day, but I think they only had like the first twelve minutes oh, out yeah. there. But I'd seen it before, but they were showing that you know Bert like actually couldn't scream so they would just like beat the shit out of him with like pots and pans and like baseball bats and stuff i remember you telling me about and he this. would just like scream and scream and then like he would eventually just vomit oh really yeah and uh yeah i guess that's kind of unconventional way to learn how to scream but uh <laughs> yeah they even show like footage of it in like that dvd it's oh really like, yeah like they're just like beating him down and he's just like screaming his ass off <laughs> that's that's definitely something I've, I've always associated with him and puking and they have a song yeah. called bulimia right uh yeah something like so i don't know he bulimic I, or, he, was he bulimic fuck oh. I, don't know. I don't know i don't know oh so i don't know like i, I don't want to like be insensitive to that right. but right but that first yeah. i just remember hearing about that and just thinking like man this guy's trying way too hard and like, yeah no like and it was like a thing like people were about it for whatever yeah. reason like I don't know. There was like people in the front row, like in freaking like ponchos. Oh yeah, like signs that's like, <laughs> like, Bert, like throw up on me, <laughs> and then it's just he's just like Bleh. like I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> but. Are you familiar with Gigi Allen at all? No. Okay, so Gigi Allen is this old school punk guy that people liked for some reason. I mean, I'm sure his music was kind of catchy for whatever, but he would go and throw up on people and like oh. shit on people and like. <laughs> He even like would rape people on stage, like what? guys and girls. Like, it was one of those things that like they were just like, "Oh, it's just punk rock," and it's just like, "Yeah, no, man, that's that, disgusting." That, that's, and yeah, it's not punk against rock. the law. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's what that reminds me of. A oh, little gosh. Bit. Well, I'm not trying to throw Bert under the bus, but oh yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I've seen videos of him recently, and I think he's like sobered up and stuff. And like, yeah, I I actually caught a show of them like when was it like a couple of months ago. Oh yeah, maybe like maybe it's only been like a month or or something like that. But they were he was really good from uh, my understanding. I think it's just two original members at this point. Yeah, you know, a lot of these bands like that, like the I bassist feel like and him. Yeah. yeah, there's only like one or two guys left. And uh, funny enough, I think what did you say? Quinn wrote this song. Yeah, he's not in the yeah, band anymore. I think I think they had some like crazy like falling out like. I think he was like suing the band or something like that. I so I did some half sad. <laughs> yeah, I did some like yeah. half ass internet research and they an- announced that he was taking a hiatus at first. Oh, and okay. then they said that they became they reached a mutual agreement. 
But he was on like their old drummer had like a podcast or something, and he was on, and he said that no, like they kicked him out and refused to let him back in. Damn. Um, I don't know all the details, but um, how do you feel about bands like from that era who are continuing to playing, but it's like half the members or even just one of the members? You think it depends um, on the member? Yeah, I, w- I would say I guess it depends on the member. Um, you know, with at least with a lot of those, like I guess some of the, the singers, yeah, they are the ones that stayed. Like I think like Census Fail just has buddies. So yeah, like, he's like the only one. But you know, the as long as the I guess the kind of like the roots or like the the core member yeah like what whatever's still like present like obviously move music changes like yeah you know 10 years down the line so i wouldn't say like as long as the music sounds the same like I'm not, yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm not i'm not saying that but i don't know it's funny you bring up census fail because that was the first band i could think i thought of when we started when you mentioned about bands that like only have certain members left right and um They've changed their sound a lot, mm-hmm. and I think their new stuff is actually better than their old stuff. Yeah, but just because I always associated their old stuff with like hot topic stuff, and I liked <laughs> yeah, it yeah. back then. But it's like you know when you talk to your parents about listening to like hair metal, like I'm sure they probably right. loved Poison and you know Warrant, and then like it, by the '90s they're like, oh, I you know I can't believe I like those bands. <laughs> That's how I feel about a lot of that era, like for for us. But I um, mean, I'll still you know play like you know "Buried a Lie" or or um, "Bite to Break Skin" every right. once in a while. But their new stuff, it's definitely it feels a little bit more mature and it feels a little bit more like '90s hardcore. Like I think they try to like emulate like the more hardcore sound than the actual like post-hardcore like scene, right. hot topic core. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> at, at like one point, I think he just like decided to not give a shit and just like play like whatever he wanted to play. And they got like really hardcore, like somewhere in like the, between that first EP and like now, like right in the middle, it just got like really ridiculous, like heavy. Yeah. And I was like, therefore I still listen to it. And then he just like, kind of like made it come full circle. Their last thing they just released. I just saw them also. Um, they re-recorded their first EP. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And, you know, I guess just modern technology and recording yeah. techniques. Like, it just sounds better quality. And then, like, you know what I mean? Like, somebody's not going to... Th- I think his reasoning, he said, like, somebody's not going to go back and, like, listen to something that's not as good of quality. And, like, they're not going to give him a chance, like, with some of those those songs. Yeah. But he, like... I think he changed, like, a few words to be, like, more... Um, I guess like politically correct oh, yeah. now and like his view, his point of views have changed a lot. So he like swapped out a few words here and there, but other than that, it's pretty much the same thing. Just recorded a lot better. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting just to link back. Cause I remember they had like their guitarist was like 16 when they first started. It was a drummer. The drummer. drummer. Yeah. Dan, right. Dan, Dan Trapp. Yeah. And I just remember a bad mofo, man. this dude was like <laughs> a year or two older than me. And like, it just made it so it seems so like obtainable. Like, like right. we could do this, you know, like these, there's kids our age who are in these bands. And then you see like now, like those guys aren't in the band anymore. You kind of see the same thing with, with a panic at the disco. And they had like a 16 year old kid in their band too. Right. And he wrote a lot of the, the music. And it's just so interesting to see that dynamic change as they've gotten older and, gone away from that I and mean, obviously like you said the music changes and but it's i think one thing that's interesting about these bands is that they don't forget where they came from and they know like those were their hits you know and they right, know that right. some some people are there just to listen to those songs and so 
as much as they want to play their new stuff, you know, they they don't they don't shy away from their old stuff either. Yeah, definitely. And like I know I know Buddy, he like responds to like people on like Twitter. He's not like a troll, but yeah. I wouldn't say, but he just like somebody's like, Y'all didn't play this on this song on like this set and like why? And he's just like, We can't please everyone, like we're just yeah. trying to like do whatever, but yeah, I, w- I was actually kind of upset because they didn't play, like, a few songs. I was like, damn, but I found out they're changing the set list, like, every night for yeah. the tour. And I was like, that's pretty cool. But they were, yeah. like, going in their back catalog of stuff they don't really play, like, ever. And they just kind of went for it. So Yeah, I remember awesome. Motion City Soundtrack was playing a few years ago in San Antonio before they broke up and eventually got back together. But <laughs> I love their first album, I Am The Movie. Oh, yeah, me and, too. And it me was, too. like the either 10 or 15th anniversary of it. And I tweeted at, I tweeted, I mentioned them in a tweet and I didn't think they would respond. I was like, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if much as centric played, I am the movie all the way through. Cause it's the 10th or 15th anniversary. Right. And, uh, Justin responded and was like, we'd love to do that, but we don't want to alienate some of our fans. And I forget that like most people I talk to who are fans, yeah. like all their other albums more than that one. Like I'm kind of in the minority right. there. But he was still cool about it. I was like, what songs do you want to hear from it? And I was like, man, I don't even know if I'm going. I just thought it'd be cool. <laughs> like, I wanted to go. I just couldn't yeah. I couldn't make it out that night. But but it was really cool that there's that that kind of there's not a divide, you know. They they reach out and I was literally having a conversation with him. Yeah. Who doesn't he doesn't know me. He has no obligation to talk to me. But it was cool. I, I voiced that and he you know, he responded. Right. I feel like a lot of bands, like at least in that scene, are like yeah. pretty friendly the most part like i know that was just through twitter but yeah like meeting them in person like i guess there's a few douchebags out there like yeah. in some bands but um i guess musicians in like that whole scene or like those kinds of bands are pretty uh receptive like yeah to yeah input and things like that you're you're into silverstein right right yeah were you the mm. one that told me about the lead singers podcast yeah i'm like super into that what's it called again uh lead singer syndrome he it's, interviews different lead singers. Right. But like all genres, like obviously he has a bunch of buddies like in the yeah. scene. So he interviews them, but he's done like, I want to say he even like did some like old, like eighties pop star that I've oh, never really? heard of. <laughs> like it's not, so it's not just like yeah. bands or like emo bands and shit like that. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. I like it. There's a, they're one of those bands who have like quietly been consistent Oh yeah, I think they're like recording like it like freaks me out. I think they're like on their ninth studio album. Really? Like how is that possible? <laughs> like <laughs> for for like one of those bands like I when I think of that I'm like, oh, that's like Metallica, like they're on like their whatever. Yeah. Album. Like it just it just kind of blows my mind. I'm like am I that old at this <laughs> point? Like but I don't know. They're able to keep it going, so yeah, it, it's pretty awesome. And they're one of those bands. Like personally, I, I never got into them, but I also never disliked them. Mm-hmm. So I, I always felt that like finding out that they have that many albums, mm-hmm. it, even though it's it's weird to, to think about it, it doesn't sound that surprising. It doesn't seem that surprising, you mm-hmm. know. I think that they're the type of band that had that type of sound that where they, you know, their fans stay true to them. And, you know, I think they, they come through with like at least once a year. It seems oh, yeah. like, yeah, they, they do for the most part. Last time, because of that podcast, like I'm part of like a exclusive all access club. So like, oh, yeah. it's just like a <laughs> bunch of nerds like me, like, they're like, Oh, talk about this band and that band or whatever. Um, you get like some bonus content. And stuff oh, it's like cool. That. And I 
you guys are doing something like that as we well. We do. Right? That's a great transition. Yeah, I totally yeah. didn't pay so, you to say that. Uh, oh, you didn't? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting paid for that. <laughs> but yeah, um, they they have like some bonus content and things. So, but when they came through, they apparently have a party. Oh, like, cool! Every time they come to San Antonio, and they always try to time it where it's like their guitarist, like Josh's birthday. Oh, cool! Um, they did it like two years in a row. They like timed it, but. Uh, yeah, they had like this bitchin' after party, and I got to go, and essentially party with Silverstein, and <laughs> they came with like Hawthorne Heights. It was just really oh, weird. Yeah. There was like a magic show. There was a bunch of cake <laughs> and beer and shit. It was awesome. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, I had a great time. I was super late to work the next <laughs> day, but I had a great time. That's cool. I I, I see. I, so you said they came with Hawthorne Heights. I've seen, I think they came right. with. Uh, oh, was that band? Touch an F. I can't think of the name. I just lost filter, not filter. Um, it's like Finch. Finch, <laughs> yes, it was Finch. Really? They came at Finch a while back, and I didn't even know Finch Man. was still playing. I don't, I don't know. Maybe are they? I don't know. I thought they were, but I, I um, mm. it could have been like a reunion thing. I feel like those are big yeah. too. Yeah, that's like a. I mean, that's the thing that people are capitalizing on. Right yeah, now. Like ten year, fifteen year. I guess every five years, yeah, <laughs> celebrate the thing, make some money. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we've, we've talked a lot about drive through records bands. Um, yeah. They're one of the record labels I, I kind of miss a little bit because yeah. it was fun. Um, what were some of your favorite drive through other favorite drive through oh, records gosh. bands? I don't know. I guess I'm getting them confused, like Drive-Thru versus Victory. Uh, like Victory. Yeah. Yeah, like all those samplers just kind of like yeah. mashed together <laughs> for me. But, dude, I mean, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. We're talking about like super like scene bands. Yeah. I, I love country music. I love yeah. you know, shit like that. Like different types of music but um dude back then i guess i was just like really into um like like we kind of already talked about like since phil finch um i was really into matchbook romance as well oh yeah um i think they were victory yeah were they victory yeah Yeah. i don't know who was on what but no they were epitaph actually their first album was epitaph now i remember (laughs) because i remember they were one of the first like scene bands to be on epitaph and epitaph was so i don't know if you like the the guy that runs Epitaph is one of the guys from Bad Religion. Oh, right, right. So I always was like, oh, like, he's trying to, like, market. And, like, Match- or uh, Most City Soundtrack went on Epitaph. Right. Weezer uh, has an Epitaph Records album. Dude, I think Hurley yeah. is from Epitaph. You know, you know who it was? Uh, from First to Last. Oh, yeah. It was on Epitaph. <laughs> I was really into From First to Last. I, you know what? And honestly, I still am. Yeah. Like, but they... Yeah, like, cause like what, like Sonny Moore went to go do his old Skrillex deal. He's another guy. And he was sixteen when that first album came yeah. out. Yeah, you know they found him on on MySpace, really? like in <laughs> California, and he was like supposed to try out for guitar. And then they showed up, and they were like, "Dude, honestly, like you have like this like lead singer vibe." They're like, "Can you sing?" And then he like tried to sing, and they're like, "Yeah, like let's just do it as you." <laughs> I think he had like a shit ton of MySpace friends or something. Oh yeah, like, <laughs> and they were just like, "Yeah, this is a good move." Yeah, it was a good move. The brand is strong, man. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day when all you needed was a good brand to dude, become famous. Exactly. I guess you, that's still the same on Instagram yeah. now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Um. So you talked about some of your other influence. As a musician, what other artists, like not like scene artists or whatever, or even other scene artists, but what other musicians kind of had an influence on you? Dude, Um. I guess if we take it once, I guess kind of backtracking. So like, before getting like super super scene bro uh i was like really into like bowling for soup oh yeah and right before that i think i was like really into um 
gosh, I can't even think of it right now. Uh, Everclear? Oh, yeah? Everclear? Yeah. And I, I think my cousin, uh, Franco, for that one, I was really into, like, Sparkle and Fade. Yeah. Everclear and, like, that kind of... There was a, there was this song, uh, Heroin Girl. Yeah. Uh, dude. That song I, rules, man. I listened to that over and over and over again. My mom was like, why do you like this song? It's about <laughs> bad things. And I was like, I'm not listening to that. I'm just listening to music. Like, <laughs> Goes yeah. back to the lyric. Yeah, back to, to the back to that thing. Yeah, yeah. So I think the evolution of my music like went from like Dejano into like like Selena and shit like that. Yeah, and then like somehow diving into like Everclear, Bowling for Soup, System of a Down. Like, yeah, into that Limp Biscuit for like a second, and then, like uh, and then somehow morphing into like the use and yeah and all of that. But you know. uh I was in bands and all kinds of things in like high school and like none of those really like panned out. And honestly, I felt like I was probably going to give up on music, like playing because uh-huh. everybody like that I played with, like went to college or like started getting busy or like whatever. And, uh, you know, this being cover stories, like I was in a cover band for about five years. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I, um, learned how to play a lot of different styles of music, like with just different bands and, um, anything from like Johnny B good to all the way to like Metallica, like tool and like everything in between. Um, even like play that funky music and you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I think it gave me like more appreciation for all different types of music and like being a better musician all around. But yeah, that, that cover man, I was, I was going to go for rhythm, but they were like, we really need a lead guitarist. And I was like, I'm not that good. Honestly, (laughs) like I can't play lead, especially we're going to be covering like, Metallica like yeah. I, I can't like rip this Metallica solo and uh the keyboard player of that band uh, his name was Eric Goes and he like really pushed me to do it and like I auditioned with like Sublime like Santeria oh, yeah. and like I was able to do that solo and he was like yeah that's good like just you'll you'll do it you'll do it and like it just pushed me to learn and like be a lot better that's awesome and honestly if it wasn't for that guy man I, I probably would have stopped playing guitar there would have been no like ghosts after that. There would have been probably nothing. Um, but yeah, sadly he actually passed away. Oh man. Um, while we were in the band together, it was pretty intense. That's uh, rough, man. Yeah. They, dude, it was the most intense, insane thing. Uh, they had the band like be the pallbearers and like, Oh take, really? Take him down. Yeah. To, it was, it was pretty emotional and like super intense, but yeah, man. Um, I'd probably say Greg Constantine and Eric are the reason that that I'm like uh, playing music right now. So that's awesome. It's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool, man. I it's it's cool to hear these stories. I mean, everything you just kind of talked about, like where your music taste went. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure. Like mm-hmm. you, know, you mentioned Selena, and Selena obviously is a Tejano artist, but who trend like she trend. What's the word I'm thinking of? Transgressed. She um, she was a pop artist also, you know. Right. She's yeah. transcended. Yeah, transcended. <laughs> transcended to yeah, yeah. culture. And, you know, where people who didn't listen to Tejano knew who Selena was. And right. from there you went to this, to that. And it's important to have people like, like Eric and Greg in your life to, right. you know, to kind of push you and they, you know, see what you have. And mm-hmm. that's really cool, man. Um, What was... uh. What was one of your favorite songs? What were some of your favorite songs to play? Dude, I was like, 
I really like playing like Johnny Be Good because I got to rip some oh, yeah. nasty guitar and then like got to be Michael J. Fox. Yeah, it's <laughs> dude. I was like always like watching that and like <laughs> depending on how drunk I'd get, I like try and do like the uh, the little hop like kick thing that he does. Like he does the Angus the Young. Yeah, 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 the Angus Young. Yeah, I mean ACDC songs were like always fun to play as well. Um, it was crazy. We would just get requests and like if we didn't know it, we like go back and practice and then like do it the next next time we played a show and like it, it was really fun man um but yeah i, I got like really into tool like, oh, yeah? because of that like i'd never listened to tool really but like i had super appreciation for that um but yeah that's cool man um i i think that that's one thing that that's a lot of fun about being in a cover band is that you start it because you want to play the songs that you like, but then you also gain an appreciation by playing songs that you may not as appreciate, not as like as much. Right. Um, and then, yeah, I just like was able to learn a bunch of different styles. Too, yeah. Like different ways of playing or different ways of thinking, honestly, and trying to like incorporate some of those techniques like into my own music. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, uh, I felt that way about like sex on fire by Kings Leon. Oh Yeah. Um, I didn't like Kings Leon, and then we start, yeah. we played that song, and it was so fun to play Dude, that same that like little lead guitar, yeah, like, just like wailing in the background. Yeah, I, lo- I love that too. I, I like the syncopation in the mm. drums and playing along with that has always been fun. Like the, the just the little bridge part is just you yeah, know yeah. waiting for it, just the timing of everything, and it, it was a lot of fun to play. Yeah. Um, were there any other songs that you like didn't want to play at first, and then after playing them, you really yeah. liked them? Well, like like what was it like? Towards the end of that that band, we I think it was like Imagine Dragons. That song. oh yeah, what, what was it? It's like radioactive. Radioactive, it was like yeah. really popular. And they were like, we have to learn this song. And I was like, I don't want to play that song. Man. <laughs> like I was like, how are we even gonna do it? Like we can't make it sound cool. And like I ended up loving it. We ended up playing it all the time. People went crazy. Like I think it came down to like if the crowd was into it. Like I wanted to play yeah. it after that and like just like be a crowd pleaser. Yeah, yeah. That's always cool. I, I I think that that's, I mean, something that you, I, I see with like a karaoke and being in a cover band, like it, it living off of like reacting to the crowd, the way the crowd reacting has always yeah, been yeah. A, a fun part, just performing in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're being in the band that you're in, you've got a ton of shows under your belt. Do you remember, do you have a favorite show that you guys have played? I do. It was the most unbelievable show. Uh, it's not warped for. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be um, that show we played with uh, Sleeping with Sirens at Alamo City Music Hall. And actually, Fader Friend played that show too. Oh, really? Which is pretty cool. And uh, another local band called Postcards from the Moon. Um, but that was the day that it snowed. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Or, I mean, there's like a few days in San Antonio when it snowed, but the most recent time. When was that? Like, I think it was December. I want to say it was like December 2017. 9th. Ninth, yeah, twenty twenty seventeen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was an incredible show. The house was packed because Sleeping Sirens is like huge in the in the scene. And then on top of that, it snowed and like we had like the biggest pit like for oh, that yeah? show. It was insane. Yeah. I have like a pretty cool clip of that and I, I always just remember that show. And I was super worried because our drummer Isaac at the time, uh, he wasn't there. Oh but, yeah. And we were literally loading on the stage, and he wasn't there yet. And he's a drummer, right? So it's you have to set up your drums. Yeah. I was, like, freaking out. He, like, pulled up, like, last second. We were literally 
outside <laughs> snowing it was like snowing we're just like ripping drums out of his car like loading them onto the stage and like just start playing and it, it just all worked out you gotta have the drama there man you gotta yeah. have the <laughs> yeah at the last minute yeah and then like everything was set up and they were like okay y'all are good to play and it was just like oh crap now i have to play like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was awesome though that was like one of my favorite shows and afterwards people thought we were like really cool and i was like <laughs> that's yeah. cool man i i know you guys had some you have some success on spotify right you've got quite a bit yeah. of followers and yeah i mean you know it it's i want to say it's really hard to like be a band now because there's so much competition yeah and, like people can pick and choose and people have small attention spans and like it, it's really difficult so like i mean going back into the cover thing you know that that's kind of how we got off the ground that's right there's um a scene band called Our Last Night. I, I keep saying scene band. I don't know. There's a band <laughs> um, called Our Last Night, and they, like, you've probably seen them. There's, like, those, like, meme, like, videos, like, on all over Facebook and stuff. Yeah. And, like, they'll cover anything, and, like, they make a living off of their, like, YouTube streams. Like, and they don't have a label. They don't have anything. They're able to just do everything themselves. And uh, we were like, this is a really great idea. Let's start covering songs that come out and, uh, you know, we, we covered a few and we put them out on YouTube and then uh, they were able to go on like this uh, compilation of this, um, it's called We Are Triumphant, it's uh-huh. like a smaller indie label and uh, we were able to get on those comps and then like somehow like Spotify took notice, they took like one of our covers um, and put them on, on their official Spotify playlist and then, you know, we started getting plays through there and then finally release your own original music and then it kind of like fills into like funnels down into, yeah. into that eventually. But we haven't done covers in a long time. That was kind of like our formula for a little bit. Yeah. And uh, we decided to focus on original music and like finally drop it. But, you know, even now, like there's still some like 16,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. Oh, wow. And we, you know, we get a little chunk of change from that and it's, it's working out. <laughs> That's cool. So far. What uh, of the covers y'all did? What was one of your favorites? My favorite was uh, I. I had to pitch it to the guys. I was <laughs> like, I have this great idea. Uh, we ended up doing "It's Gonna Be Me" uh, by NSYNC. Yeah, but you know, rocked up version of it, and I like did the whole arrangement on guitar, and I was like, oh, this, cool. this is going down. Like, this is what we're gonna do, and uh, we went and recorded it, and it, w- it went. It was really well. It went really well. Um, it didn't end up on any playlists or anything, but. It's like one of my favorite, yeah. Uh, kind of like reimaginings of that song. It's got like a weird breakdown and yeah, you know, all, <laughs> all of that stuff. So some pinch harmonics, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's one of my favorites. It's a, it's on Spotify. If you want to <laughs> check it out? Um, because I know you guys did like an Ellie Golding cover and right. Ed Sheeran and uh, The Weeknd. You did a lot of like pop song covers, right? So I'm I'm gonna assume that pop goes punk was or punk goes pop yeah. was an influence in your right. band. Yeah, that was kind of the the idea. Yeah, um, to to do with those covers, and uh, I I think it paid off. We hadn't like I said we hadn't done that in a long time, but um, every now and then we'll we'll kind of do it. That's cool. Um, did y'all ever cover like just like a you know a non pop song or just like a rock song or anything like that? I don't think so. I mean, what else did we do? We did like the Chainsmokers. Oh yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you know what? Honestly, we I don't <laughs> think we've done like another another rock song that that might be something that I want to do. It yeah, I mean it's 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 cool to see that. I, I feel like uh, Fearless Records kind of took that with the punk goes pop and just they like are still reaching into that tube of toothpaste to get every little thing out of right. it. What are they yeah. on like seventeen? Dude, the, I don't know. It, it they like went. It was like punk whatever goes like crunk or yeah. like goes like eighties or like goes like they did like a bunch of different things, but people are all about that. And, you know, like I said, that band, like our last night was like, people are about this. Let's do it ourselves. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we tried to do that. Hate the game, not the player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, essentially. It's but. funny. Cause the, I remember like in the nineties, some of them came out and there was like punk goes metal. And like, right. uh, like I remember Pieball did a Slayer song. I can't remember which Slayer song it was. I do. And then RX Bandits did uh, Holy War by Megadeth. Mm. And it was fucking weird, but it was kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was didn't yeah. sound like an RX Bandits song, but it also didn't sound like a, it didn't sound like Megadeth. Yeah. Um, I love I love hearing those like weird ones. Like uh, like somewhere out there, there's like a August Burns Red version of like Wrecking Ball. By oh yeah, Cyrus, and it's like ridiculous. But <laughs> you can't not like give it a listen at least one time. If, I mean that, then if you do that, then it's done its job. Like, yeah, it, it's kind of kitschy, but yeah. it's also like you said, you can't not listen to it. You can't check it out. Yeah. So. It's gonna, you got to be curious about it. You're gonna be curious about it. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm definitely not against the that. You know, the the pop song, uh, ironic metal cover or whatever. Um. Cause I think you can still do it. Like I, I feel like you guys took your time with the arrangements on those songs and really turned it into something of its own. I feel like a lot of bands are like, oh, so this is make cover, you know, we'll do power chords. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like exactly the same. Yeah, and, and it's kind of like, well, what's the point? You know? Yeah, no, that that's the thing. You're listening to a cover in the style. Yeah. of, You know, whatever band like goes. So. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing that I think that y'all did really well is that you still maintained your sound without you know without sabotage without without getting without losing you didn't lose that in in covering it um i mean it's it's you're exactly right it sounds like a like ghost version of that it doesn't sound right. like oh we're just gonna add distortion and right. play this faster <laughs> you know yeah exactly uh, we played it a few times live and it'd be like an attention grabber like somebody's not paying attention yeah and you hear like oh i know that song but it, it sounds different yeah it would kind of bring them in and then we play like one of our originals after and hopefully they stick around yeah thing, so. it's it's a it's a seamless transition it's not something that is so out off the wall right i was in a band in high school and we decided to cover baby got back just for fun oh yeah and it was awful Dang. but people were like laughing about it and then we play one of our songs they're like oh okay you're gonna do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so yeah um so hey we're, we're coming up on time here um Thank you for being on. Yeah. No, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. For sure. Um, anything you want to plug? Anything you want to add? Um, yeah. I mean, just check out Light Ghosts on Spotify. Um, we're on Instagram, Facebook, all that all that junk. Um, uh, our last single released was like probably back in February, March, but uh -huh. we've been in the studio recording and should have some new stuff coming out very soon. Um, but yeah, just check us out on Spotify part if you have it or apple music any of that we're everywhere all right cool well hey thanks for being on again um coming up next we've got andrew of light ghosts 
playing DUs on my own. Something.